Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. This is like my 10th attempt at making this this episode. So I really hope it works out this time, guys, because the world has just been against me between me laughing so hard at my own jokes, not even able to talk anymore, to me talking like probably way too much to my editor, Chris, to children interrupting me. And finally, I'm like, okay, do you know what? No, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm really excited about this episode too. Like I'm excited about every single episode, but this one, I have a very specific goal. I want to help you guys be better at cutting through not even the nonsense of social media, but just knowing context and how things apply to you. I think that that's really important because I may say like 10 things and maybe three things apply to you. And it doesn't mean that the other seven, eight things are just like stupid or wrong necessarily. It just doesn't apply to you, right? I think becoming better at filtering out information of what applies, what doesn't is so, so, so important. Like even today, I got a question from a woman. Should I excessively arch my back during a bench press or shouldn't I? There's a lot of, you know, information out there telling me what I should do and what I shouldn't. I'm like, well, that depends. Are you a power lifter? If you're a power lifter, you're going to want to do it. Why? Because the main reason why is because it's actually going to lower the range of motion that you need to go through. It's going to lower that so that you can push more weight. That's, That's the main reason why they do it. So if you're listening to a bunch of power lifters, just keep in mind their audience and what they love and what they do, it's, it's power lifting, it's strength. That's, that's what they're speaking to. So the other side is going to be telling you not to do that or maybe minimally do it, or maybe just if you want to work more of the lower pecs, then that's going to line things up better for them to work is just arching back just a little bit on a flat bench. So it's not that one person is wrong and the other person is right. Who are you? What are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? Are you a power lifter? Because if you are, then you probably want to do that. If you're not, then you don't want to do that. If you're not, you probably don't even want to use a bar that much unless it's just like a sport thing and you just want to become really good at the bench. But if you're into hypertrophy, then probably don't want to be using a straight bar for a lot of your pec work. You want to be using more dumbbells because it allows for actually lining things up better depending on which division of the pecs that you're trying to work in actually allows you to have your elbows closer to your torso, which will allow you to lengthen out the pecs and line them up through the motion a little bit better. So a wider arm path is going to be lining things up typically better for anterior delts. So it just, it depends. It depends, right? It's not that one is wrong and one is right. It's, it depends on the context. It depends on your context, right? That's what's really, really important. Now, a lot of times people will say, well, this is optimal. But for who? 
I'm one that loves that word, right? But keep in mind that what's optimal for one person, maybe a bikini competitor, what's optimal for her, maybe is suboptimal for me because I can't do that. So keep in mind that optimization is in and of itself contextual. I'll see research on nutrition, different like studies done on nutrition. And I think to myself, well, that's really interesting and fascinating and nice to know. So the next time I have a client that's in a, that's stuck in a metabolic ward being fed every single meal, it's nice to know what's going to happen. But guess what? My clients aren't. <laughs> they are at home with their children dealing with real life and real life stress and nobody's making every single meal and just handing it to them. So that's really cool that we found out this new little thing about nutrition. But how does that apply to the real world? I think that that's the most important thing. Keep in mind that when I'm talking about optimization, I do try to keep it as contextual as I can. And what's optimal for one person will be suboptimal for another. Because if you can't follow the plan, then I don't care on paper how optimal and awesome it looks and how it's completely researched, scientifically backed that this is the best program in the world. If you can't do it in the gym because of time constraints or you can't be supersetting two machines, three machines at the same time, then it is suboptimal. It is not optimal for you. In fact, I would actually say when I very, very first launched my training app, that was one of the biggest mistakes that I made is I forgot that people lived in the real world and they couldn't be taking two machines at the same time. So if you were one that followed me when I very, very first launched my app, I had a lot of supersets so that we could compact time. We could even like a pre-exhaust, po-exhaust, like post-exhaust, all of these things. And um, it, it was beautiful. It was beautiful on paper. It was so beautiful. I would have made like my mentors proud, but in real life, it wasn't working for anybody. <laughs> and, and I heard about it from app users and I listened to them and I was like, you know, you're right. Before I moved to where I'm at right now, I had my a really nice gym in my house that I loved and I was working out there a lot and I could superset all the things and I had all these machines to do so, but my clients couldn't do that and my app users couldn't do it but it was so optimal, but not in real life. So I am so glad that these women spoke out and was like, Lindsay, that's a nice thought. I can't do this. Like people are hating me <laughs> in the gym. Or maybe one machine is like clear crossed and they're like doing cardio just to get to that machine or whatnot. I am so grateful that I've had so much time being a coach because every month, every year, I'm just growing constantly questioning what I think I know, constantly getting feedback from individuals and realizing that optimal on paper can be so not in real life application. Okay. 
So that's one piece of information that I want to give you too. I was listening to somebody on Instagram, a coach saying that like all supersets are stupid. And I thought, well, that's kind of a stupid remark. <laughs> I think your remark's stupid. No, I'm just kidding. But I thought to myself, well, that's too bad that he's completely turned off from all supersets. One, we have research showing that as long as there's no kind of crossover between the muscles, we can easily superset them without, it's not going to affect hypertrophy, right? It's not at all. And also supersets can be such a great tool to get more work done in less time. But he was so set on, on these just few studies that he was so turned off to a lot of other information showing that, no, they can actually be wisely done. And actually, depending on the stimulus that you're going for, it, it might actually be the, the best option for you. So there's just like all of these things, all of this information on social media. And I wanted to help you guys just kind of navigate some of that. So I'm going to be talking a lot today and sharing some stories of people that I've talked to just within the last week. I mean, two people today stopped me and asked me some questions. I, I'm, I'm an introvert, but I got out. That was kind of a big deal. And it, I, I got out of the house and, and it wasn't at the gym, <laughs> which is even a bigger deal. Anyways, one woman stopped me and she, she's like, I, like, I follow you. Can I ask you a few questions? Another woman sees me at the gym all the time. And she wanted to ask me a few questions too. I'm going to share some conversations I've had just in this last week that I'm really, really hoping help you understand context and how we need to bring everything into context and how that applies to you. So first off, I just want to explain something. There's a difference between working out and training. Okay. And I've explained this before on Instagram. Maybe I should share this again. Working out is just, just movement that you love. It could be whatever really you want it to be. Just you get your workout for the day, whether that's hiking, whether it's like some, I don't know, aerobics class, some bouncy, bouncy circuit, whatever. Like, I don't care. I don't care. Work out and, and find something that you just love that challenges you but also that you just, you just love like that's working out. That's, you know, getting that energy out is so important. I want to encourage everybody to, to work out. Here's where my concern is. Some people think that working out will get them a very specific outcome and it doesn't. Okay. Training does. So if you've been working out for a while and you're like, man, I just like, why aren't, why don't I have like some femininely fit arms or why aren't my biceps getting built? And, and a lot of times what people do is they work out, work out, work out, work out, work out. They do all of these things that they love and they get that energy out and it's so good and it's so beneficial for them and, and it keeps them moving and healthy and happier. But then they're disappointed because they, they're not getting this other result that they want. And they say, oh, I'll just never have it. 
it's just not in the cards for me. It's not my genetics. And that's where I'm kind of like, but you're working out, you're not training. So that's like saying, I really want to be a really good basketball player. So I'm going to, I'm going to go play soccer every single day. Like, but but if you want a certain outcome, then it doesn't matter that you're playing with the ball, right? Basketball plays with the ball. Soccer plays with the ball. (laughs) Like they both play with balls, right? So as long as I play with the ball, then I'm going to get what I want in the end. No, you still need to have specific training towards this end goal. Now, if you just want to play with a ball and go out on a field and do whatever, then good job. Congratulations. You're doing it, right? Just like the person who's like, I just want to work out. Good job. Congratulations. You're doing it. But as soon as you say something like, I want to build or I want to have, I'm like, okay, be cautious because now you are entering the world of training and you have to, to a degree, you have to shift that energy out to be geared more towards that specific outcome. So if you're like, well, I, I'm kind of sad. I, I work out all the time and I, I go to this woman's class and she has the most amazing delts and I do everything she does, but it's just, just not in the cards for me. Just not my genetics. I just can't. I had somebody say that to me about calves the other day. I'm like, nobody ever compliments my calves. But this woman at church was like, oh, you have amazing calves. I'll never have those calves. I'm like, oh, really? So you do calves twice a week? She's like, well, no. Oh, okay. So you actually don't know. You don't know if you could ever have it because you haven't put in the work to do it. Don't like, don't compliment me guys. Cause you'll get into, <laughs> I'm just kidding. This poor woman. I was like, if you really want calves, come and see me. We'll get you some calves. But until you're ready to put in the work, don't ever tell me that you can't. Don't ever tell me you can't get it, but you have to do specific training. I don't just walk around and have these calves. I actually train calves and that's how I have calves, right? So as soon as we start getting a specific goal, we have to realize that the training that we're doing, or I should say the working out that we're doing, especially if we've been doing it for long periods of time and our body looks the exact same, we've got to actually enter the world of training and now train towards that specific goal. That's really, really, really important. So I'm going to walk you through a few scenarios that I walked some peop- some individuals through this week. And I'm hoping that it helps you filter information out a little bit better. And I'm hoping it gives you a little bit of context to your specific needs or wants, probably more wants than needs. You know, needs are, I'm a healthy, happy person. Wants are, I want delts right? (laughs) So delts are fun to have, but they don't bring true joy and happiness into this world. So that's really important to understand, right? So this is a a want. You want to have it. And there is some level of happiness doing something hard and getting the reward. So don't get me wrong, but it's not the delts. Don't get confused about what brings the reward. The reward is you did something hard and you're feeling good about yourself because 
you pushed into the hard. And actually, that's where the real joy starts coming from, right? Pushing into the hard, challenging yourself, doing something new, and it's pretty cool to get the outcome. But the journey is actually what brings the joy. So this morning, a woman stopped me and she said that she followed me. And she said, she's like, I have a question for you. What do you think about, I forgot the name of it, guys. They're popping up all over Utah. Boot camp, burn boot camp. Is that what it's called? I know what they are, but I just forgot the name. So it's something about burning and it's a boot camp that makes you burn. So (laughs) something along those lines. So this woman said to me, this young woman, she's like, so what are your thoughts on it? I'm like, what, what do you mean? What are my thoughts? And she's like, what do you think about it? Let me ask you a few questions because I want to give you the answer that's going to help you the best. Okay. Why are you thinking about it? What are your goals? What do you want? Because my opinion actually doesn't matter. Like opinion about what? Like, do I want to do it? No. Unless they're going to help me increase my deadlift or get 600 pounds on a leg press. No, I don't want to do it. Why? Because that's where my joy comes from is feeling like I'm a freaking strong mom who, when my son lost something under the couch, I didn't crawl under the couch. I was lazy and I just deadlifted it. And (laughs) because that seemed like more fun than getting on my hands and knees and crawling under the couch. I just deadlifted the couch. And my son looks up at me and he goes, whoa, mom, you're so strong. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm going for in life. That's what I'm going for. Sweating, burning, no. But my son looking at me, telling me, mom, you are so strong. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what I want. But you know what? That's my, that's my desire. That's my life. Not this girl's. She's just this young woman. I wanted to know, like, I want to give you the best answer possible, but in order to do so, I need to understand what is it that you want? And she's like, well, I want to drop body fat. Like, okay. Have you done it before? Do you find that it's easy, hard? What do you struggle with? And she's like, no, actually it's pretty easy. Once I change a little bit of my lifestyle, move a little bit more. I actually drop weight pretty easily. I'm like, oh, okay. And I said, do you like what you look like when the weight comes off? And she goes, no, that's the problem. Every time I lose weight, I'm just a smaller version of what I looked like before. And I don't want to look like that. I want to have a little bit more defined arms. I want them a little bit more curvy. I want to look toned. And when I just drop weight, I don't. And do you know why I asked her these questions? Because I needed some insight. I needed to know, do you just want to lose weight and you love what you look like when you do lose weight? Or is there something more that we need to take care of? Do you also need to build some muscle 
Or genetically, do you just have muscle? I don't know. She's always wearing like a long sleeve shirt when I talk to her. I can't really see her body because it's she's usually wearing a, a dress. I do some service work for my church and me and her serve together. So I had to ask her. And also, it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what she thinks. So I needed to know, okay, do you struggle losing weight? And then when you do lose weight, do you feel like you have the muscle, the body you want? No. Because that's going to change actually what I tell her. You see, if she told me, I just want to lose weight, I would say, okay, get into a calorie deficit and do your burn boot camp, boot camp burn, whatever it's called. Do it. Sure. Sounds fun. Like if you enjoy going there and if it's a joy to you and not like, a, I have to do it again, but it's like a joy, then do it. All you have to do is get into a calorie deficit and move more. Because even just like moving more, I mean, you may with cardio only lose muscle tissue. That's kind of another layer to this conversation, right? But that's another layer that we can get into once she's kind of established a routine and is enjoying her overall health and fitness journey, right? So that's nothing that I'd be like, well, you have to do this and give like some long lecture on, right? What I found out was uh, she doesn't have a lot of muscle genetically. So when she does lose weight, she's not going to be one of those three-month miracle transformation because she doesn't genetically have that muscle tissue. So if somebody already has that muscle tissue genetically or they lean more towards having a little bit more so that they can get some easy gains and lose weight at the same time. They may be this miraculous three-month transformation. Most people aren't like that. That's why you see those people posted everywhere. It, just a fun reminder for you all that a lot of these coaches that are posting those pictures, they have a hundred other clients that either didn't qualify or didn't look as good because they don't have the genetics. Or they just didn't like they didn't like actually put in the work. And I'm not saying that everybody who has a miraculous three-month transformation didn't put any work in. I'm just saying most people after three months still have a ton of work to do. Either they lose weight and they realize, oh, I still want muscle tissue or their transformation is a little bit different. Theirs is more of mental. And maybe after three months, they made some big mental breakthroughs, but their pictures aren't showing that right now. So they've got to wait for another six, nine, 12. And that's okay. That's okay. I, I actually really, really hate glorifying these three-month transformations. I've never liked it. I think it gives, gives people a bad idea of how long changing lifestyle and your body actually takes. So I always, when clients would come to me and tell me, well, look at this three-month transformation. I'm like, awesome. So show me the three-month post that three-month transformation, and I'll tell you whether that person really transformed or not. Because it's usually three months after they're right back to where they were. Because they usually do some extreme. Not always, but most of the time. So just keep that in mind. So anyways, this young woman, she comes to me. She wants to know, what do I think? Well, what I think is that that boot camp burn or whatever, it's not going to get you to your goals because your goals are going to come through hypertrophy training. So you could probably start with three to four times a week going to the gym. She asked me, so what, how should I set up my programming? I said, why not make it super easy? One day lower body, 
the next day upper rest, the next day lower body, the next day upper rest two days. So just Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, like that's it. Lower body, upper body, lower body, upper body. Just like she's never done this before. Yeah, you can use my training app or you can just kind of get in and start building a little confidence on your own. Just kind of get used to the machines, get used to general movements, see what you enjoy. I told her three sets of 10 to 12 rest for like 60, 90 minutes or not 60 to 90 minutes. Wow. 60, 90 seconds to up to two minutes, just kind of rest until you feel better. And then like you can hit it again hard and, and then go. So just start from there. That's just an easy way to get into it. And if she loses body fat as easy as she says, then it's not going to be an issue. She's going to go, she's going to get into a calorie deficit, start dropping body fat, and she's going to start building and she's a newbie. So she'll have those newbie gains. She'll see some good progress pretty quick. So that was her answer to her question. Now I've had women come to me saying, I lift at home. I don't want any more muscle tissue. I want to maintain. I need help with nutrition. We put them into a calorie deficit. And then we find out what do you like doing? What's enjoyable to you? What's fun? How can we bring weights in it just to create enough tension on the muscle at least two times a week to maintain as much muscle tissue as possible during this cut? And honestly, with a lot of them are like, I like combo movements. I like bouncy, bouncy. I'm like, okay, okay. If you don't care about muscle tissue and all you care is you want to see a reduction in fat loss and you don't even actually care what you look like. You just want to see the scale move down. You want to be a smaller version of what you are right now. Then the training doesn't necessarily matter. Maybe one to two times a week, we need to get minimal resistance training. We need to get a little volume on your tension created on your muscles just to maintain so that you're not losing a lot of lean tissue during your cut because that is going to impact your RMR, your metabolic rate. Like we don't want to do that. So we want to, whether the client tells me, even if the client's like, no, I don't care about muscle. I don't care if I lose it. I'm like, but you do, you do actually. So at minimum, we need to be doing this one to two times a week, full body. And that can actually be through combo movements. So having the person do squats to leg press, having the person do RDLs to back rows, like different movements like that, that they actually really enjoy and think are fun. They challenge them metabolically. And they also provide a little tension on the muscle. So the other day I brought up combo movements and, and people lost their minds over this because I said combo movements are not good for hypertrophy period. They just aren't. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I, I haven't changed my mind on that. But the goal of this person was just to work out and to see fat loss. It wasn't body recomp. Okay. So if somebody comes to me and is like, I really want to lose body fat, but I want to look fit. 
So when the body fat comes off, I actually care what I look like. I want to look toned. I want to have little definition. Um, and I won't be programming combo movements. I'm going to be programming hypertrophy work. And the reason why is because we want them to grow in a calorie deficit. So combo movements already don't provide enough tension on the muscle. Plus you're in a calorie deficit, which lowers your chances of putting on muscle. So combo movements are fun for people who want to lose weight and don't care about anything other than that. They are not going to work for somebody who wants to lose weight plus put on a little bit of muscle. And let me explain why. I actually have a full YouTube video on this that I'll put in the show notes as well. This is why I say that they are suboptimal. They're not good for hypertrophy when you really want to maximize your body's ability to put on muscle either in a cut or even at maintenance or in a build. The reason why is let's look at the RDL and the back row. This is one that I see all the time. So combo movements are when we take two exercises and we combine it into one. And a lot of times what people think is they're like, I'm going to save so much time by doing these two things at once. It's awesome. Unfortunately, that's not what happens. It ends up just taking a lot longer to build. And let me tell you why. So an RDL. When I do RDLs, I am loading the bar anywhere between 190 to 225 pounds, just depending on rests, sets, and reps. Okay. So that's the range that I'm working on. So for me to put on muscle, that's the range that I'm working on. That's what really tests my glutes and my hamstrings. That is going to put enough tension. And then I'm going to be working high intensity, meaning closer to failure. And I'm going to be making sure that throughout the week, I have a good amount of volume on my glutes and on my hamstrings or whatever muscle I'm trying to work, right? So when it comes to a back row, well, just a few days ago, I was doing bent over lat rows. I was doing them unilaterally, getting little external stability through a bench, but it was with a 60 pound dumbbell. So if I have 260 pounds that, and that was my top set. And I was doing about eight reps with that. So 120 pounds for a lat row. So if I were to do an RDL and at the bottom of the RDL, I paused and tried to do a lat row. I can't do a lat row with 225 pounds. So something has to suffer. Either I can do the row, but then my weight comes down to 110, 120. And then what does that do? So I can do the back row. Awesome. But 120 pounds is nothing for my legs, for my glutes and my hamstrings. That's nothing. Like I'm pushing 225, guys. So something has to, do you see that there's a mismatch in strength 
And so there's going to be a mismatch in the amount of tension that can be created on the muscle that I'm actually trying to build. So another thing, I see people do bicep curls to shoulder presses, okay? So when I'm doing shoulder presses, I have 40 pounds in both hands. When I do bicep curls, I don't have 40 pounds in both hands. I have 20, 25 pounds dumbbells is what I'm curling. So once again, if I'm trying to do a curl to a press, something has to give. So either my shoulders can awesome be tested and do the press, but then I can't even complete a bicep curl. Or I can complete the bicep curl, but then it's kind of easy for my shoulders to do the 25, right? So do you, do you realize when it comes to hypertrophy, trying to do two exercises blended, something's got to suffer. So that's why it is not optimal for hypertrophy. When I shared this the other day, I had a lot of people very upset and frustrated, probably because they really, really, really love their combo movements. Once again, if you want to work out and do combo movements, I don't care. But if you want to maximize your body's ability to put on muscle, combo movements are something that is going to be suboptimal for you. So when I shared this, I, I had some women even send me, send me other people's accounts. And they're like, look at this woman. She has the most incredible body and she does combos only. Or look at this woman. Um, she grew so much and she only does combos. I've had numerous people send me those. So we have to realize that everybody's body is so different. So I actually went to one of the accounts. I'd never heard of this person before. Um, I really only follow like usually researchers or coaches who have been in the industry for a really long time who really, really just know their stuff. So I'd never heard of this person. I looked her up. She's so cute. Just this adorable creature. Oh my goodness. And so I looked back and and tried to see like, okay, so where, where are the before and after pictures, right? So I looked, look, 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 look. Like, okay, so this person's body's never changed. It like looks the same as it did like in high school. It looks like she's just this cutest athletic girl. This is like this cute body. Oh my goodness, I love it. And she has no desire to build her muscles. So that's actually the audience that she's speaking to. She's not like over there preaching, like do this technique to build hypertrophy. She's just like, you want a 10 minute workout? Do this. You want to do some hit? Do this. Like that's who she's speaking to. She's just speaking to people who want to work out and just want to move, which is fine. And that's great. Remember the context though, that I told you. So this person, adorable human being, oh my goodness, I just love her. But her context is, here's a fun little 10, 15 minute combo move that will get your blood going, that will get you burning, that will, you know, that's what she's speaking to. And she has the cutest body in the world, but it's never really changed. So we have people like that, that are in the fitness industry. Then we also have another group. We have those that actually did spend a lot of time in hypertrophy and developed and grew in the way that they wanted to. 
And then now they're just kind of moving towards maintenance. And in maintenance, anything really, as long as you get about a ninth of the volume that you got before with your hypertrophy training, you will maintain a ninth. That's nothing. So if I decided today that I wanted to not grow anymore, all I would have to do is show up at the gym one to two times a week and then just kind of stay an active person and I would maintain really easily. Now, I still just love strength. So even when it comes, the day comes that I'm done growing, I'm probably just going to move into more of strength work and not necessarily get the higher volume that hypertrophy has, but keep low volume and just work strength. And that will help me maintain what I have right now. Yeah. You're seeing people who genetically, they have a really nice muscle base. And so anything really kind of works to have them maintain what they have. Or you have people who actually spend a good amount of time in hypertrophy for years. And now it's like, oh, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I love where my body's at. Now I'm just maintaining. So now I can really do anything to maintain just very minimal amounts of tension on the muscle. Combo movements will work great. You also have people who have done blended work. So you've had people who have done like half hypertrophy and then maybe they'll finish up with some combo moves that are really fun. And what they do is they only show you the fun stuff on Instagram. They don't actually show you the like the boring basics that got them to actually build. And that is one thing that's been really hard when people will tell me, well, so-and-so has amazing whatever, and she does this exercise you're saying is suboptimal. Like, okay, but, but does she only do that exercise? No, chances are she actually puts in hard work doing some really solid exercises. And then she throws these in at the end and is recording herself because I'm speaking from experience, guys. When I post the boring basics, it's like three likes. If I post something new and original, like a different way of hitting the lateral head of the tricep, people are like, whoa, that's amazing. That's what I'm missing. I'm like, no, like this is actually just for specialization programs. But sure, you can throw it in for fun. That's fine. But I'm telling you from experience, the boring basics that help people build they don't get showtime on Instagram and TikTok and it's the creative, crazy stuff. So usually influencers don't show the boring basics that actually got them. And, and some of them don't even know that the boring basics are what that got them to where they are right now. They just want to show these, these little different maneuvers that will get kind of the likes and the attention and stuff. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's typically what we see. And I've even seen that in the gym myself, watching some people who were influencers. I went, I used to go to a gym lifetime and it had tons of influencers. And I saw that all the time. The boring basics that they were killing is not what showed up on their feed. It was all of these weird, crazy movements and people were like, oh, this is it. This is amazing. Right? So we've got to keep those things in mind that oftentimes we're not seeing the full story. I hate to say, well, it's just genetics. That's not what I'm saying. These people go in and they work hard, but we can't ignore the fact that if somebody has a really good muscle base, they, 
you know, get some newbie gains, which most people the first year can go in and really do anything. And they're going to see some, some newbie gains. And then it's after that. So I always tell people like, it's actually the third and fourth and fifth year. If their body's still changing, they know what they're talking about. They know what they're talking about because there's no way they've already hit their newbie gains. So that's a really good measuring tool. But also another measuring tool is, are their goals your goals? Are their bodies your bodies? No, they're usually not. So I just want to end with this. If your goal is just to lose body fat and you don't really care about muscle, then you can literally get into a calorie deficit and do whatever whatever fuels, just get in and get energy out and find joyous ways to do that. Now there is a second layer to that, that I would just like to add that there's a lot of wisdom in, you know, if you really, really just love your circuit training or your, um, like your, your bike, your cycle training, like you go in, you do cycling, you just love it. And that's all you're doing. There really is a lot of wisdom in throwing in one to two times a week, a full body weightlifting day. And the reason why I say that isn't because I'm over here, like I'm religion hypertrophy training and everybody needs to do it. It's more of, I know what it does for you. And that even though you may think you don't care about muscle, you actually do because as you age, those who work hard to put on muscle, maintain muscle, they actually handle things like peri and menopause way better, way better. During a time in your life when you start having major hormonal changes and you start seeing the scale stays the same, but your body composition completely changes because body fat is actually increasing and muscle is decreasing, but the weight is staying the same, which is so common for peri and menopause, post-menopause. I tell you, you are going to thank me for encouraging weightlifting because this is your largest metabolic tissue. If you want a healthy metabolism, if you want to eat more, get more muscle. If you want those carbs to have a nice place to go besides body fat, muscle, that's have it drive into muscle, right? So it's not just about, I want you to have the glutes of your dream or the delts of your dreams. I just want you to be healthy. I want you to have more muscle so that you age well and you stay strong. And strength training has a huge impact on mobility and stability as you age it's the people that are losing the muscle tissue that are having the problems with balance and strength and falling down and bones breaking like which strength training can have huge impacts on positive impacts in in fact even with flexibility and balance they compared weightlifting to yoga and they found that there was no difference that that weightlifters had the same ability as far as balance and even stretching and weightlifting have shown 
uh, range of motion increases the exact same with both stretching modalities and weightlifting, range of motion, flexibility with weight. And there are so many benefits that weightlifting crosses into each one of these different training modalities. I just strongly encourage you guys to do it at least once or twice a week, right? Just to be your healthiest, happy selves. So even if your goal is, I don't care about muscle, believe me, you do. You really, really do. You just need it once or twice a week just to maintain. Okay. If you are really wanting to see body fat come off and muscle increase, you are going to see better results doing hypertrophy training and letting go of those combo movements just so that we can create tension on the muscles that you really, really want to. Now I've had clients before when I was writing one-on-one training protocols, I had clients who really wanted hypertrophy upper body and none lower body, but they wanted to keep the muscle that they had on their lower body. They just didn't want to put any more on. And that was fun because we would do combo movements that they really enjoyed so that we could get a little lower body work without it being like pushed to the intensity levels that growth would happen, but they could still have fun getting the lower body work done. And then it was taxing and working their upper body. So I would blend it in to training because I know that they enjoyed it. And so you can blend it in, but the primary movements you choose for the muscles you really want to see grow should not be combo movements. So that should be primary. And then if you really want to just for fun, end your training program, maybe with a little burnout or some fun combo, just so you can get that fun piece that you really enjoy. But Save that for after because you don't want to go into your hypertrophy program taxed. So hopefully this has helped answer some questions, maybe enlighten you a little bit more. I did forget to mention, I I did have one other woman that I was going to tell you about. Maybe I'll just be really quick. She came to me and she's a, a yoga instructor and she loves cardio. And she's like, I really love my upper body, my abs, my stomach's really lean, but my lower body's always been a trouble spot for me. And I talked to her a little bit about it. It seems like we really do need some body recomp. We we do want to bring the body fat down and we want to increase the muscle tissue there. That will give her the look that she wants. That is going to happen through different ways. Let me first say she doesn't carry a ton of extra weight. She's pretty lean, pretty small. I actually wouldn't suggest for her to be in a calorie deficit. I would suggest for her to sit at maintenance and include lower body days two to three times a week, really just pushing lower body. And then she can maintain her upper body that she really likes just with the yoga, just continuing doing that stuff. She doesn't even necessarily need to bring any upper body strength training just because she doesn't want to. And her thing is she really wants to focus on her lower body. And I think over time without excessive dieting or anything like that, she would actually see over the next few years, her lower body just change, 
just totally change. And it wouldn't have to be a total lifestyle shift where she's, you know, tracking everything because she seems like more of a mindful eater and she's pretty good at it. So she would just need to make sure she, she, her protein was on point and just bring in lower body work two to three times a week. So it is really interesting when I sit down with people and talk to them, oftentimes like my suggestions are very specific to their needs, which is why I love my community Be Strong because every other week we're doing lives and people have the chance to ask me questions one-on-one. And I love being able to look at them and talk to them on Zoom and really be able to ask them these important questions. Like I asked these other women, like, okay, well, what are your goals? What do you really want? And it's kind of fun to be able to tell them like, okay, instead of doing this training program on the app that you're doing, you need to do this one. And maybe um, I told somebody the other day, you really want to build lower body, then do my train with me. But she could only train four times a week, not five. I'm like, that works perfectly. Just do the three lower bodies that I have and include one upper body that I have and ignore the other fifth day. So I'm able to really give far more specific guidance on what their training should be like, where they should be landing on nutrition, being able to talk to them and really understand their goals because everybody's goals are so different. And some women who come to me and talk to me, I'm like, just do my three day a week training program. That's it. And keep in your, you know, marathon training or whatever other type of training. So everybody's body is different. Everybody's situation is different. And so optimized for you will be very different than for somebody else. So I really hope that just walking through all of those different scenarios helped you a little bit today to kind of be able to filter information a little bit better on Instagram and even just kind of who you're receiving information from and knowing that they're not wrong. Does what they teach pertain to you and your context and your goals and your body? That's the most important thing to really ask yourself. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Lifting Lindsay podcast. If you have any questions, you can always message me on Instagram at Lifting Lindsay. You can always go to bestrong.liftinglindsay.com to sign up for my courses, for training programs. It's actually all included. And that includes the meetings, the lives with me where I, I help you out. There's so much information on there. If you enjoy my podcasts, even if you have somebody writing training programs for you or a nutrition coach, just there's so much information and courses in Be Strong. I know it's going to help you out and you're going to love it. You guys have an amazing week. Mm-hmm.